1: Robin McCarran. You know, we, uh... We had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. More than one person told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you, cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence, really. Jeff Hawkins.
2: I'm being trolled. Hold right now, Jeff, Jeff, wait.
1: <laughs> wait, I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarran and Jeff Hawkins. Daniel, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh.
2: In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine to hit me from behind? Yes, I'm gone Carolina in my mind. James Taylor. If you're a baby face on either the Raw or SmackDown rosters, it might be like a friend of yours to hit you from behind, given all the assault and sexual harassment and theft and whatnot. SmackDown prepares for TLC. 205 Live goes live in South Carolina. There's an Enzo and Gamecock joke I'd like to make right now, but if I were more clever, I would. Raw traveled to North Carolina, Charlotte to be exact, and Raw was indeed Charlotte and Sasha. And our top 100 match, Rock versus Austin, WrestleMania 17. Joining me now, Rob McCarran. Hi, Rob.
1: Jeff, I just want to say it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. I'm very <laughs> honored.
2: Well, you know, after after the, the performance after the performance Tuesday, if Mike Mizanin doesn't have a job for life with the WWE after his job on Talking Smack, he can be my new co-host.
1: Well, let me let me tell you this: you, you mentioned Mike, you know, Mister Mizanin, obviously. Yes. Um, you mentioned him, and you say it as a joke. You, but this is a good entryway. Mike Mizanin, the Miz, has a job for life, and it's been that way for years and years. The guy is outside of John Cena, the best of the WWE talents when it comes to promotional appearances, when it comes to interviews, when it comes to going out there and being a good, positive face of the brand. Uh, It's not just his hosting capabilities, not just what he does in the ring, not just what he does with promos, and not just who he is. This guy, is he's really at the level of what John Cena can do He's not he doesn't have the star power by any means but he's multifaceted in what he can do for the company. This guy has a job for life, he has to.
2: I hope so. I hope you're right. The cynical part of me, which you've you've been privy to over these past couple of years.
1: Jeff cynical, no way.
2: <laughs> hopes that they don't look at him and go, "Well, he's just kind of being a mark for himself." And while he does, and they, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword. You can say, yeah, they trust me to go out there and do all these promotional appearances, but at the same time, they might go, oh, look how eager he is. Let's just go send him and run him ragged, and look, he's enjoying it. What a dummy, you know. So it could go either way in my mind sometimes. But yes, I mean, he was fantastic Tuesday night on Talking Smack. I thought.
1: Yeah, Tuesday night was really interesting. You had the go home show for TLC because yes, another WWE pay per view. How did that happen? these things are coming at you too fast now. Mm. I can't wait. There's going to be like a five-week break in between roadblock <laughs> end of the line.
2: I thought you were about to say, I can't watch. <laughs> no, I'll,
1: I'll watch it. I mean, the main event's interesting. They're, I tell you what, the, the whole card really is kind of interesting. Oh, I agree. <sighs> Excuse you me, I'm okay? coughing here. You sick? Uh, I've had this cough. Like if I talk too long, and it's it's really not good. When I talk too long, I cough. Uh, and i don't know what it is i gotta go check it out it's just like i don't know phlegm you know (laughs) to be the technical term um yeah i gotta figure out what's going on there because it's not fun it's not fun coughing all over the place it really isn't i i can't imagine i can't believe that uh you know episode 184 uh you know earlier in this week you did your solo show and you were great oh thank you i did my little spiel for 20 minutes
2: People like you all. all over the oh, place. Oh, stop it! People, yeah. people like realism as opposed to just jokey McJerk off over here. And yeah, I did not a, mean to say that way, but that's true.
1: I should you change know. the Twitter feed to that.
2: Oh, there you go. Well, well, it's been a week. You need to change your Twitter handle again.
1: I do, and, and <laughs> that, it actually brings us to an important announcement. Oh, regarding the Twitter feed, I am going to only use the personal twitter feed from now on i think i'll keep the at shake them ropes because you know it's just too valuable i'm gonna keep that one hmm. but only to uh you know to tweet the new shows okay that's what you do i think my uh so this is let me ask you this you right. you live in an apartment in la right condo but yes condo
2: i own i I don't rent it's basically an apartment but i just own it
1: there you go but you're you're hot stuff in la oh yeah Uh, people know you
2: (laughs) sometimes for the wrong reasons but yes
1: you're on tv you're on uh you know after the buzz you're on tv okay um have you ever had a dog
2: uh since i moved out of my parents house no I've wanted one. I know people that have one. I just can't trust myself with one.
1: See, I, you know, we have a, we have a dog. Um, okay. and we trust ourselves with it. The problem is this dog wasn't trained properly when, uh, you know, she was a little tyke. Okay. And now she's just crapping all over the place. And I don't know, I need to either do some research on this. I don't know. She. It's like she feels the carpet is grass. So she thinks it's Okay. She's just pooping all over the place. In the you, house. Can na- you can name her Otunga. It'll be great. I could <laughs> just be put in a position you shouldn't be in and just crap all over the place. Yes. IE the Otunga. Uh, so I got to figure out something. If anyone knows, hit me up on the Twitter feed. If anyone knows how to retrain a dog, who's like seven years old or to stop the pooping epidemic, I need advice.
2: Well, see, in Los Angeles, you don't train your own dog. You take it to a trainer right. and they train the dog and then you get it
1: back. It's like having a nanny for your kids. You can't do that though. You got to train your own dog, I feel. Cuz otherwise well, you, they're not going well, to Well, see, you have a yard. You have things like grass and right. land and things yeah. of
2: that nature. You don't have that necessarily unless you are uh unless you are like a percenter, like like uh you know, like rich cratch.
1: Yeah, that's true. Mhm. Yeah. I I don't know. You can't train your dog in like the hallways of an apartment complex. Is that the case? No,
2: no, Uh, no. People tend to frown on uh, dogs pooping in front of their uh, door because it's, because it's, because it's either them or the homeless people.
1: And my dog would too. My dog would just poop (laughs) in front of every single door and then, you know, find a door that it hasn't pooped in front of yet. And that'll be the next step. That's what it does. That's what it does. I got to stop it. I got to figure it out. But anyway, we were talking about Alexa bliss. Oh, Were we? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, we were not. I don't even remember what we were, t- we were talking about. How the Miz has a job for life. Step. Yes. One. Yes. Um, and then I know you have, uh, you have some thoughts. I always on, do on Sasha. Bay. Oh, anyway, the announcement, Twitter, uh, shake them ropes, follow it. It's only going to have postings of the show. I'm going to have all my thoughts on the personal account. It's at M C L I S T E N S follow Jeff at Craft game 13. That
2: ain't, <laughs> that ain't changing, That ain't
1: but I will stop being, I just can't handle the two. And I don't, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to talk more about baseball when baseball comes up. So sorry about you right now. You no, don't I'm want better. baseball talk. Go away. I'm sorry. Mute, mute. me. You can always mute yeah. me. Oh, I'm muting the hell out of you. Follow, but mute.
2: Okay.
1: Um, you have uh, on raw this past Monday in Charlotte, mm-hmm. as referenced in your open, uh, we had the third time that Sasha Banks has defeated Charlotte on raw for the women's championship. Yes. You mentioned that you, you know, we were going to do the show Monday and not have another one this week, but you were like, no, that cannot happen. I have thoughts. I have, I have words to speak <laughs> and Jeff Hawkins speak those words.
2: This is where people will hit my Twitter and call me a hypocrite in some ways, but I'm merely walking back or changing an opinion on things. Number one, I love this match. I absolutely adored this match. Uh, I people were complaining about well, why isn't it smoother? They work they work together so much. How come it's so clunky? I liked that aspect of it. I liked the fact that it felt like a fight, and I didn't need every suplex to be clean or anything. They were Sasha was whacking the crap out of her with those kendo sticks.
1: Well, that, <laughs> oh, the, well you you could see the bruises, you could see the pelts. I mean, this was these and two they forgot were, they were in a performance. Oh,
2: these two were saying, We want to do what the boys do, and we're going to go out and do it. And it oh, no. was,
1: well, I have no, it was not, We're going to do what the boys do. We're going to do what the boys in 1999 did.
2: Ooh, that's we're, a good one. I we're like that.
1: Help each other. We are not going to do, I mean, you're not going to get that from AJ and Dean on Sunday. No. In a no. TLC match, no less. You're not going to get that.
2: I mean, Charlotte doing that moonsault off off, off the announcer's table. That, that that was insane. I I loved this match. I loved the finish. I thought it was very creative with the bank statement through the through the guardrail. Come on, yeah, oh, oh. owes me.
1: Oh, it was I, I heard some people talking about how it was anticlimactic, and I'm like, in a fight, you're, sometimes you're it nuts. just has to end. You know, yeah. fights are anticlimactic. They really are.
2: Hold on, I think someone just knocked on my door.
1: Someone knocked. A, ooh, is it my dog? You coming to pee and poop on your floor. I wonder who's coming to. Oh, we may have history here, depending on how well this goes with Jeff. Nope. (laughs) No one knocked on your door. You were here. No, it was just
2: me. It was just me knocking on something. I accidentally hit something, I think.
1: You got Um, so involved in the Sasha talk (laughs) that you thought there were outside presence.
2: I I thought my neighbor might be saying I'm too loud. Uh, No, Uh but. Does that happen ever? uh, We have different hours, so it usually doesn't. Okay. So, but. and plus they owe me one for having a large wedding reception next door and being oh, very loud until like
1: oh, three or sucks. four in the morning. So, <laughs> but I, your hours by there. the way are very whacked up because I, I, you know, this it's eight forty on the East coast and it's mm-hmm. five 30 time. So people may not think that's a big deal, uh, but you go to work in like two hours or something. Oh, no, I go to bed in two hours, but uh, okay.
2: any, anyways, uh, here, here's where the quote unquote hypocrisy may come in. People may yeah. think this I'm now Whereas I criticized this strategy earlier of having short title reigns, I'm liking it now. And I'll tell you why. Because the ship has sailed on what they should have done. And they they painted themselves into a corner, and I think they found a way out of it. So I have to give them props. Sasha's going to win every time on Raw. Charlotte's probably going to win every time on pay-per-view. They're building up two different stars by making them evens in quote-unquote big match situations. I would have much rather had Sasha be crowned at WrestleMania or successfully defended at SummerSlam. I'm on record as that. I don't think Charlotte needed the win at WrestleMania because she had Ric Flair. She was already a star. Sasha needed that. So I think now the thing to do is switch this belt a couple times, show that they're even, and then split them up and then make a third, possibly in Bailey, beating one of the two, and then you have three stars in this division. I don't think the short title reigns will hurt this as long as you're building up big stars because it's, it's now the sh- – I mean, look, it's not the traditional way to do it. I, I know that, that people didn't like when titles didn't mean anything it's in the late 90s, but this is different, I think.
1: Oh, I believe so too, and I think it's exciting if you only have two people involved in it. if there were mm-hmm. you know four title changes between four different people right that's a different I, situation
2: i agree, but but building up these two and then porting them off, and then maybe building a third star in Bailey right beating one of them will be fine. I saw like comparisons to the Roman reigns thing. I think this is far different than the Roman reigns short oh yeah title reigns
1: oh yeah I, I i believe so too and and you know the the matches have been fun, which is a key thing mm hmm you know, you had John Cena, Randy Orton having battles all across the time. The matches weren't any good. Um, you know, imagine the Kevin Owens and uh, and Sami Zayn feud if the matches weren't any good and they just kept battling. These matches have been fun. And I. it's interesting that you have one person winning on pay-per-view and one person winning on Raw. That streak will probably end soon. I mean, can they do it a fourth time? Can they change the title to Charlotte at Roadblock? Will they go in a whole other direction? Maybe they don't meet again until WrestleMania, and the story is Sasha's defending the title, but Charlotte always wins on pay-per-view, and now that could be an interesting battle. Will Sasha retain? Will it be the first time she wins on pay-per-view? Or is Charlotte destined to just be undefeated all the time on pay-per-view?
2: Yeah, I think you can do either of those. You can have one of them pull a twist and actually break the other streak on one of them. Um, this Ric Flair being now signed to be a full time, you know, on the road with them, it's interesting. I think because I think that I don't think they go back with him with Charlotte, but it is possible that that Sasha turns and joins Charlotte, and we may end up with a slight horsewomen esque stable in some ways.
1: And that always goes off and on too mm-hmm. with Rick.
2: I don't want him involved in this anymore. I, I I thought he had done his part, and I thought I thought it was a nice touch to bring him out to to kind of give Sasha the the credibility because because now we've beaten Sasha in her hometown and Charlotte in her hometown. Very interesting, uh, but I don't I don't want him as a regular on screen performer necessarily here. I think less is more with with Ric Flair. And I love Ric Flair. I mean, Ric Flair is possibly my second favorite performer of all time. But yeah. uh, but it's one of those things where
1: we've seen he, everything he can do.
2: Exactly. We know he's going to do the woos. He's going to he's going to cut a promo. He's going to style and profile. He's going to be a creepy old man in some yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, macking on the girls. Uh, you know, we've seen it. I, I don't want that every week, and I certainly don't necessarily want Charlotte, Fli- Charlotte and Rick. Uh, you know, days of our lives on screen again.
1: If they do the match again, uh, you know, they've been fun so far, so I won't hate it. Um, I would like to see a break in the action yes, a little
2: bit. I would too. I think it's time to back off. I think but if I they think come back up at
1: WrestleMania, you know what? That's perfectly fine.
2: I have no problem with that, and I, I I'd have no problem if Bailey were somehow in that mix either. Yeah, that's an just, interesting. That's I don't bird. want Nia Jax or Dana Brooke. That's my thing. I like them both, but I don't want them either on a WrestleMania stage.
1: Maybe not WrestleMania, and hopefully they don't do some type of four way with uh, with all of them kind of intertwined. I would like it to be one on one. You could do the four way on the SmackDown side because you might have four separate personalities who are really up there on the SmackDown side. Um, yeah. But that's what they'll do at WrestleMania if they don't do mm-hmm. a, or they do a Raw versus SmackDown women's match of some kind.
2: That could be it too. I mean, there's got to be one multi-woman tag match on there in some way, you know. That, that.
1: show though, is too far away. That show yes. is too far away. Yeah,
2: let's not let's worry about that when we have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, there is a uh, there's a show happening this week, Sunday to be exact.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It is TLC Tables Ladders and Chairs. It is sneaking up on us. There's no more time. Everything's been settled for this. Uh, the main event, TLC match, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose. Does Let me AJ, stop you there. What? Are
2: you sure that's the main
1: event? I mean, Wikipedia says it is. Well, that means it's true. What would the, What would the option be? James Ellsworth? Becky. You think and Becky and Alexa, Alexa will be the main event?
2: It's possible. I don't think, I look, I'm not saying it will be. I'm just saying it, I think there's a possibility that they make it that.
1: Oh, I'm saying it won't be. OK, I, I mean, unless they do <laughs> unless they do one of these things where, again, they open the show with the quote unquote main event. OK, but no, I, I, I think AJ and Dean's going on last. I think Becky's going to be obviously I'm not, you know, lessening the match in any way. You I know what? Think I think gonna I, do it last. I
2: think the trope of having AJ go on first uh, lasted one event. I think he deserves to now go on last. So I and I, I'm still one of those people with, who does think that the main event should go on last. So I, I agree with you. As you should. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm very agreeable. No,
2: <laughs> I was uh, waiting for you to go into your spiel since I interrupted already.
1: No, I'm just thinking. You know, it's not just the title; it's also the match that it is. Yeah, it goes on last.
2: Yeah, I, I go do. On think first so. doesn't no. go on third. No,
1: goes on last. What do you, what's, uh, so that's, that's the main, what are you most looking forward to
2: as a match? Sure, I'm as, looking at th- that.
1: I don't know. Is there a backstage segment you're looking forward to?
2: I don't know. I, I I'm looking very forward to that match. I'm looking very forward to Alexa bliss and, and Becky. I, I think that's going to be, I think that may over deliver. I don't, I don't know how they're going to get Alexa or Becky through a table unless they pre saw it. I mean, (laughs) but let me tell you something, If, if it takes putting Becky through a table to get that kind of promo out of her from backstage, which was her best promo out of the three she cut on Tuesday, put her through a table every week and just let her, let her be angry and sore and call people B words and all that other stuff. Yes. I love that. Um, I have a sick fascination with the Carmella Nikki, no DQ match. I don't know why. I just think that's going to be an interesting match. I'm not going to say it's a good match, but I'm going to tell you it's going to be interesting. Um, But overall, yeah, AJ Dean for me is is uh, is something I want to see.
1: All right. I'm going to do this. Uh, we're going to do this a little bit differently. I'm going to go rapid fire. Okay. I just want to know who wins. I don't want a reason. I just want to know uh, who wins. All right. Callisto, Baron Corbin. Corbin. Nikki Bella, Carmella. Nikki Bella. The Miz and Dolph Ziggler. The Miz. Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose. AJ Styles. And the main event Heath Slater and Rhino versus the Wyatts. The Wyatts. What do you think about this Randy Orton storyline going on for the next, uh, or for the last month, two months? he's in the family He's seemingly i mean I, Randy Orton should be a big star on the show and they didn't go the AJ Styles Randy Orton route that a lot of us thought what what do you make of this Wyatt family thing
2: i think everybody's way ahead of this i do i think they're waiting for the turn and i think it's a shame cuz i'd really like to see i'd like to see Randy Orton be and and Luke Harper and and Bray Wyatt be a unit that's cohesive as opposed to bickering, because I find bickering factions boring.
1: Can they <laughs> can they take Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt all the way? I they may win the tag titles on the show.
2: Oh no, they're going to. I, I have no doubt all, they're going
1: to. Okay. Do they take them all the way to WrestleMania? Or are they a team for even longer? Or what do we what are we looking at here?
2: I think probably Randy throws Bray out at the rumble.
1: Ooh. And then gets uh, you know, speared by Goldberg. Possibly. Goldberg, the new master and ruler of the world.
2: <laughs> yeah, or, or, you know, I don't think they take it all the way. I don't think they, they're a unit until WrestleMania, but I I think Bray and Randy will probably be a match at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. Not so much. Uh, it's not directly related to SmackDown, but it happened on Tuesday night. We have a new uh, Cruiserweight champion. Yeah. Um, Did you watch the 205 and uh, I did before we get to the match presentation? What'd you like? What'd you not like? I think they're going
2: the wrong way with the presentation. I I think they, they should have come out hot out of the gate with something like a, you know, a grand metallic versus any like, like you had on the final show. Instead, they're focusing on personalities, which isn't a bad thing, but you're opening the show with the Bollywood boys and you know, they're kind of middle of the road for me. And, yeah. spe- and also and also beating the main heels in your division in Tony nice and drew gulak I just
1: that meh. that part was weird and the fact that gulak and nice on the cruiserweight show can't even get real entrances on the first show which is fine I mean they they did the parade of uh of goofs you know, on the very first part of the oh, show
2: and Cedric Alexander again, gets a great reaction and then isn't on the
1: show. Cedric's great. You can see who the real stars are that people are drawn to right away. And it's Cedric, it's rich Swan, it's Jack Gallagher. Uh, Brian Kendrick has the respect. I think of people mm-hmm. uh, TJ Perkins just isn't there. And, and there aren't too many other people there. I, I think the Bollywood boys, that presentation was probably a good fit for the show. I don't know about the very first thing you see.
2: Exactly. That should have been a buffer between your, you know, how how you say the, uh, how you write a paper. You have your strongest paragraph first, your second strongest third, and then something in the middle. That should have been in the middle.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would think something in the middle. I like the fact that they're focusing on personalities because that's how you got Jack Gallagher over in the first place.
2: Yeah, but and this is your, that, yeah. You know, this is people
1: your, seem to like his matches.
2: This is your first impression, though. They, they, they right. need to come hot out of the gate. I think there's there's quite a few problems with this. I think. Just logistically, it's an issue to put cruiserweights in a WWE ring, which is bigger. And and you know, I I it's weird because I watched Bash at the Beach 96 because I, I was a guest on a friend's podcast or what may be a podcast later to give thoughts on it, you know, later. And watching like the, the two cruiserweight matches that were really good on there, um Seikosis and, and Rey Mysterio. And this was really Rays coming out. I mean, just the, the ring made their athleticism so much better because they don't have to run so far. And then the, 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 the ropes that they use, which are different than WWE ropes, give a lot more spring to the athleticness. I mean, look, you have these jumping ninjas all over your branding for 205 Live. Let, let's come out of the gate hot as opposed to a grappling, <laughs> mat based personality match, so to speak.
1: Well, not even just match, but show. That's kind of yeah. what the whole show was, the whole first episode. Yeah. It was grappling. I mean, it was showing the other sides of the cruiserweights, but you kind of have to have that high-flying match. And who's going to do that? Um, Cedric Alexander, uh, for some ways. Um, but who's going to be doing all the the top rope moves? Who on that roster? I mean, I'm, Grand, I'm asking Grant, Look, Grant
2: Metallic, let yeah. Lindsay Dorado, true. TJ Perkins. I mean, you could put any of those guys in a hot opener in some way and really get this crowd to life because the crowd was kind of dead for it, too. I mean, Man, it's just, it, there's a lot of issues
1: criticism. with this. Well, this is something that they'll figure out, but you got to so. show before SmackDown, not after.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I mean, overall, I, you know, I loved the title match. I loved that. I thought that was great. And look, as I said before, Jack Gallagher is what they wanted Zack Sabre Jr to be. So he's perfect on this, I think. And I think he's going to, you know, hopefully if they get eyeballs from SmackDown to 205 Live, I think he's going to be pretty good in terms of uh in terms of his place on the main roster.
1: Yeah, I uh I, I liked most of the presentation. I thought Austin Aries uh, is a good person yes. to have out there on commentary. And
2: I, it's it's you who that was that was going for Austin Aries being the main main heel in this in this division, right? He should be. I agree, and I think he's going to be as soon as his orbital bone heals. I thought he was pretty good on commentary. It's a little much though when he and Corey get into it with Morrow mm-hmm. because Morrow has to kind of parry but yeah. as a straight man between two right. guys who are just kind of being, it's a little bit hard for him doing that while calling the match. Cause Morrow really wants to focus on the sport in the ring. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get that chemistry down too. It's certainly a better third man than Otunga slash Bear, uh, Byron Saxton slash possibly Percy Watson. So
1: Yeah, that was interesting too. Percy Watson, uh, Not really a spoiler alert. He's just on commentary, but Percy Watson's back in NXT.
2: Great.
1: Doing commentary. (laughs) I don't know anything wrong with that. I'll give him a shot. I I didn't think Cody Woods was going to be any good.
2: No, neither did I. And he's great. Yeah.
1: He's fantastic. He's not Otunga. Otunga is just never going to get better.
2: I I hesitate. Here's the thing. I, I don't want 205 to be presented like a WWE show. And I think part of the magic of the CWC was that it wasn't. And I mm-hmm. think they're missing that connection there. I mean, I I'd, I'd probably fork out the cash or whatever to keep Daniel Bryan and make him the color commentator for the show for the show.
1: Do you find Christmas lights entertaining <laughs> or do you? I mean, are you someone who gets into Christmas tree lightings or seeing Christmas lights at all?
2: I don't mind them. I, I just, I, I personally have a little bit of seasonal affective disorder, so I get depressed around the holidays quite a bit. I, I had a little bit of it today, to be honest with you. I, you know, if people want, let's put it this way, I don't go all out in decorating because, look, I live in a small place. I don't have a lot of time. It's just, and plus, I'm accident prone, so I'd never want to get on a roof or anything. But if people want to do it, sure. Do I go out of my way to drive through neighborhoods and look? Not unless I'm with family or a girl who wants to do that type of thing.
1: What about you? I'm just because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm flipping through the uh, through the Twitter feed here and. You Give know. me eggnog, put some booze
2: in it, and sit me down and make me watch Scrooged or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or a Charlie Brown Christmas, and I'm happy.
1: There what's the go. best Christmas movie? Because Charlie Brown Christmas was actually just on.
2: That's not and... a movie, though. Huh? That's not a movie. That's a special. It's a, it's
1: a special. It's like an hour, right? right?
2: Uh, half hour.
1: All right. So what's the best Christmas movie? What is the best one? Like, not your favorite. What's the best one? It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Not uh, Die Hard?
2: Look, Die Hard's great, but you're asking me for the best Christmas movie? Not my favorite. Okay, Die Hard might be my favorite, other than maybe Scrooge or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation.
1: Can Die Hard be classified as a Christmas movie? It takes place during Christmas, but Christmas (sighs) isn't the theme.
2: I hate this argument because it comes up every year. Yes, it should be classified as a Christmas movie, I think. So, but you're not gonna but you're not gonna sit your family down and say, Hey, let's watch Die Hard with the kids necessarily unless you're an awesome family. It, it's not coming up <laughs> on
1: ABC Family's 12th Christmas is what you're Correct. saying. Correct. Yes, that's what I'm saying. No, no, right that
2: now. no, that's when you put like It's a Wonderful Life or yeah. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street or A Christmas Carol or a Muppet Christmas Carol or you know, love actually. If you got like women at a party. hmm. Yeah.
1: What's the best? Oh, jeez! What is the best Christmas uh, wrestling show in history? Probably and one. And is that uh, you yeah. on the spot?
2: Starcade of uh, when they moved it from Thanksgiving to around the holidays. Mm-hmm. For me, I forget what years it was. I think it was after '85. I think '86, '87, '88, '89. It was around Christmas, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was into it uh, when, you know, the NWA Starcades were going. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get into Starcade until the Sting Hogan buildup. Yeah. Afterwards, like, every Starcade always just seemed, like, out of place because it was happening around Christmas. And I'm like, I you know, there's so much other stuff going on that your mind's really not in it. Like, when Roadblock <laughs> comes around, I'm not, I, I barely even, I really don't care much about TLC. I'll watch it. You have the cool main event. Uh, and some cool stuff on it but it's like man if this show wasn't happening i wouldn't be any worse off or better off for it well Uh, number one there's
2: number one monthly pay-per-views really hurt specialness of these kind of year-end things and holiday shows because thanksgiving of course used to be a big one for both Starcade and the survivor series
1: and and well it was cool too when pay-per-views could breathe for a little bit i mean we just had the big goldberg lesnar thing and guess what we're all of a sudden having to talk about alexa bliss and becky
2: I don't, rem- hey guys. Uh, I, I don't remember any of, uh, they don't feel special to me anymore. And plus other things have filled the void. Like the NFL never had a late night game. They only had the, the Dallas game and the Detroit games. They, 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 I remember the first Thursday night Thanksgiving game. They were so scared of the ratings on it that they put two terrible teams, one of which was mine, um, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals played on that first Thanksgiving night game on the NFL network because they they thought they're going to get killed. I mean, wrestling used to own that. Now it's moved on around the holidays. Now, now they've spread out the bowl games from, you know, December 3rd, to, (laughs) to, to like February. So you don't, you know, you don't need to fill the void anymore. Times have changed. And I think wrestling is slow to adapt anyways as an art form in many ways. So,
1: NXT this week we had Samoa Joe beating Ty Dillinger in the main event, but it wasn't just any match. It was Ty Dillinger cutting this promo, going out there and saying that if I don't win this, do I even belong here? Like if I can't compete with Samoa Joe, do I belong in NXT? Like what's happening with the future of me, Ty Dillinger? Are we? Is it the usual reading too much into it, like we do with NXT? Oh, this guy's getting called up soon. They're writing him off. Blah blah blah. Is Ty Dillinger's run in NXT coming to an end? Or what what could be next for Ty Dillinger with this new turn? That hey, is he even good enough?
2: It's a losing streak gimmick, and I think it's meant to cool off the ten chance.
1: Well, I don't I don't know about a losing streak gimmick, and we're not going to go into spoilers and everything. I I just want to know if this is him, like riding out the wave and make because you got the Royal Rumble coming up, and you know they're going to put some NXT guys in there, maybe maybe two, maybe three. You do. Uh, I think they'll put
2: one or two, but it ain't going to be Ty Dillinger, I don't think.
1: Okay, well, and that's fine. Uh, what did we have last year? We had, you know, Sami Zayn in there, mm-hmm. called up. Was there another one? I mean, we didn't have Finn Balor. Everyone thought Finn Balor might go in there. So maybe it, maybe it might just be one. Maybe it's zero. Braun? Braun was Braun, in there, wasn't he? No, but he wasn't an NXT guy. He was I just, you he- know, the Wyatt family was done, and now I'm by myself.
2: Oh okay I'm trying to remember last year's <laughs> Royal Rumble see they all blur now they're not special I well, don't no, I
1: I don't think we had another NXT uh true NXT in it last year other than Sami Zayn I could be wrong um but anyway we have that show coming up and you have the uh you have the takeover the night before so it could be a situation where they're running out with him. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking what they were doing. It was just a very weird presentation for Ty Dillinger. Like I'm I'm going out there, I'm gonna test against the best. And maybe if I lose, do I even belong? Like it's kind of like am I gonna quit? Am I gonna I just think, walk away?
2: No, I just think they're cooling him off.
1: From from the one run with Bobby Roode, because he was a jobber before that.
2: I I think the, the the chance and stuff, the fact that the crowds are behind him isn't a good thing in their mind
1: we're only, I, I, we're only three takeovers away from this guy being the jobber for the debut of andrade cn i agree you know, the, I know it's not like this guy's super hot the crowd gets behind him but it's not like he was a main eventer
2: i look on this one i reserve the right to be wrong i don't know i don't think they're bringing up ty dillinger necessarily i hope they do i'd love for him to be up on the main roster i think he'd, i think he'd be a great hand i don't think i don't think he'd and they got such a glut in the middle anyways, I think he'd get lost in there and he'd be in the lower end of it. But I, I I think this is a losing streak gimmick. That's what I think.
1: Give me the three most likely NXTers to possibly debut in the Royal Rumble. Samoa Joe, Nakamura. Uh
2: and Asuka. No. Oh. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, I actually, I'd probably say also, you know, Samoa Joe and the Authors of Pain.
1: Authors of Pain. That's an interesting call. You want to bring them both up? I think they need a lot of time. I was watching. Uh, oh, I don't think they'd be GIF. brought up.
2: I don't think they'd be brought up. I think they'd just be in just in room there because they're big, and then the guys could throw them out and make it look impressive.
1: There is a GIF that was floating around because NXT taped TV last night, and there was this GIF of a double powerbomb spot that the authors of pain were using. Oof, yeah. And, oh, it looked bad. They like straight up killed the first guy who was powerbombed mm. like murder death. It was crazy. Go seek out that gif. It's uh it's hard to watch. It's crazy. Um, authors of pain. Interesting. So here's the correct answer. <laughs> Eric young. Number one, Tino. Number two, the drifter and number three, Sabatelli. Tino Sabatelli and the Drifter. Call those two up. Make them a tantrum. So,
2: so you like Tino so much he gets to be in the Rumble twice after he gets thrown out once.
1: I, I'm telling you, if Mick Foley could do it, Tino should do it. Just go in there as three separate guys. Just and, and I don't even care. In fact, don't do it like Foley. Go in there in three spots, but be the same person in all three. Don't even change the gimmick once. Just be, I'm Tino Sabatelli. This is the contract I signed. I get three spots in the Royal Rumble. Do it. And then you can ask in the postgame conference what would be really interesting actually is if he had three spots in the Rumble but was never eliminated. So it's just like number two comes up. It's Tino. Number three comes up. It's Tino. He's still in there. Great. Number 17 comes up. It's Tino. He's already still in the match. Boom. Three less guys you have to throw out. Two less. That's math. I'm starting to love your Dave Meltzer bad joke,
2: and then I take it seriously and expound upon it. gimmick. This this is my serious (laughs) pitch to
1: WWE to put Tino Sabatelli in three spots in the Royal Rumble. That that was my pitch. Okay. What else from uh, WWE this week before we get into The Rock and Steve Austin?
2: Does Ellsworth show up? on sunday
1: i tell you what i was gonna so i'm thinking about things that we can talk about and i'm thinking Mm -hmm. like do i even bring up this ellsworth guy because i gotta be honest with you i haven't watched smackdown like closely in the last month like just enough to know what's going on and i don't know why the hell this guy's still here
2: really i think he's entertaining him this
1: isn't i know he. the crowd's been liking him but this is this guy's like you know it's kind of a joke it's kind of fun like whatever he's not no one's buying tickets for Ellsworth. And everyone who buys his shirt is going to regret it later. They're all going to be like, what were we doing here? Why, yeah. why did I buy this shirt? It's like all the, all the people who the, – the American Idol guy, the guy who's really bad at singing American Idol, but they bought his album because it was funny. They're like, William why am I buy this album? I'm never going to listen to
2: it. I know that right off the bat. That, that makes me sad. Sadder than any man listening to – or woman listening to this show. The fact that I can name off William Hung immediately.
1: William He's William Hung with less staying power. They, I cannot believe this guy was signed because they're going to realize at some point they're going to have buyer's remorse. Like, what are we going to do with this guy once it runs out? Because it, it's not like you're going to send him to NXT. It's not like you're going to develop him. Is he going to be a manager someday? Like, what is he doing? And, well, here- and it's not against him, by the way. He's doing his job. They, they hired him for a job. He's doing mm-hmm. it, and he's doing mm-hmm. it as well as he can. But why is he given the job? What's the point?
2: Right, and I think the, the if they took his like pro wrestling T store and started selling shirts like that, he'd be much better off. Because right now, what it is, it's that ir- liking it ironically type of thing.
1: Uh we went I, through this before, by the way. We went through with this Heath with, Slater, uh, huh?
2: Heath Slater. This is the Heath Slater well, story
1: in many ways. It, it's similar. Um, the but, the Olsen brother who had it, Colin Delaney.
2: Colin Delaney, yes, it's it's all those. Yes, it's 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 look at this 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 weird looking guy, and he shouldn't be on TV, but we're gonna put him on and have a good laugh at his expense. They keep I, I get to do
1: Mikey Whipwreck, and they're not doing it.
2: No, because Mikey Whipwreck eventually, you know, because ECW was a different crowd, and and Mikey Whipwreck was a ragdoll to get beat on in in extreme matches, as opposed to just regular matches and getting beat. Right. Look, I think it's lasted about a cycle too long. I think he should have been moved down the card somewhat. Um, I have no problem with him being on the roster because I find him very entertaining. I think he's a great actor, to be honest with you, in terms of a wrestler who is performing. I think he's a very, very good actor in terms of the reactions and things of that nature. I just don't want him in my main event picture. I... I get the feeling he's crawling down on Sunday and going to be involved in the finish somehow as opposed to taking him off TV and just bringing him back for the Rumble and then maybe continuing the story then. Um,
1: I I keep waiting for the moment where they'll kill him, and maybe it's in the Royal Rumble. And and this would be a a fantastic spot, and you can do fun things like this where it's Bill Goldberg, it's Brock Lesnar, and it's James Ellsworth. In the Royal Rumble match, those three happen to be the guys who are in at one time. You can do fun stuff like that with him. I just don't know how they do it for a year or for two years.
2: I I don't know either. It, it, it has a very short shelf life and it's killing Dean as a character. AJ can survive it. Dean cannot well, in this AJ way.
1: Absolutely. Because he can play hokey. Yes. I mean, he can do camp. Dean Ambrose yes. can't do anything. Dean Ambrose might be, you talk about Ellsworth, AJ and Dean Ambrose. And I'm sorry, guys. Dean Ambrose might be the least talented of the three. Wow. At times. It it just seems like he's so lost on what to do. And the Steve Austin show on WWE Network really pointed it out, how this guy cannot just be faced with criticism or be faced with a, a legend telling him what he should be doing or giving him advice. He doesn't know how to react he doesn't know how to, how to react or adapt or change. Dean Ambrose is the same guy he was on the day he walked into WWE, and, and he's got a crowd behind him, and he's got people behind him, and you have the indie fan base, but he, he hasn't, he's not doing anything new. He's not doing anything better than on day one. I, you talk no. about Roman Reigns, how he was better with the Shield. Dean Ambrose might need the Shield more than Roman Reigns does. I think you're possibly correct.
2: Uh, look, I don't know what they're going to do with Ellsworth after this program. That's that's the weird thing is you'd think writers would be looking ahead when he does actually have to move down. I mean, it would not knock me off my socks or out of my socks or off my feet to mix up all my cliches in one sentence as I try and think on the fly. If James Ellsworth ended up on live 205. 205 yeah, live. I mean, he fit. You unfortunately did? i think if he does he'd end up the champ at some point it would just be nah. a total clown show yeah i
1: guess Horn speaking of which i have
2: plans. i have one note from from that
1: yeah when you did do? rich okay. do
2: did, when did rich swan become outlandish
1: that's the worst nickname ever
2: that is god that's a kiss of death that's like uh <laughs> i i it's uh i don't want to accuse him of bigotry in any ways but that's oh. oh look at that look at what he's doing that's so outlandish it's like Oh, no, it's not really. He's dancing. <laughs> He's what, dancing.
1: Uh, the outlandish fandango. <laughs> I mean, what are you? What are you doing? I just call him all night long, Rich Swan. What's the problem with that? Exactly. Rights? I don't know.
2: It, it's it's oh he bro- someone broke out their thesaurus last night. Was looking for adjectives. It's, it's, the it's, outlandish. Uh, oh, Eventually. I got mad. I got so mad I got, that word. I actually asked. Is this the first time he's been called this? And they, and I, I was told, yes, this is the first time. I assume it's now going to be driven into our. <laughs> what, what was the terrible one they did for T.J. Perkins about his? It was a, it was a pun on his Filipino heritage in some way.
1: That was oh, just so remember. bad that they forced I on remember, us. But I don't.
2: Oh, I can't I remember it either. Me. And someone's yelling at their iPhone right now, and I apologize, but I just can't. remember. I just went that. That's just. It's like Wessonality. It it was just such a garbage term made up for branding purposes. And now we get this.
1: Yeah, I'm going to the, uh, to the old WWE website and I'm trying to see if they say outlandish. Oh yeah. An agile acrobat with a fondness for showboating. The outlandish is one of the most exciting competitors in the cruiserweight division. Cruiserweight division, of course being capitalized. Delete, Um, delete. Yeah, they only they only say outlandish once, which is actually surprising. I thought, oh wait, it's gonna nope. be on his there's, shirt. It's gonna be on his shirt. No, hold on, there is a button to continue reading, so there's more. The outlandish Rich Swan is the epitome wow. of WWE's cruiserweight division. The outlandish Rich Swan challenges the Brian Kendrick. Oh, they also can't decide when he's the Brian Kendrick and when he's not. WWE Cruiserweight Champion The Brian Kendrick and the outlandish Rich Swan are ready for the debut of 205 Live.
2: Die in a fire, WWE branding.
1: Die in a fire. I'm just... The outlandish Rich Swan is determined to show how outlandish he can be on WWE's (laughs) 205-outlandish. That one might have been fake. I don't know. (laughs)
2: That one might have been fake.
1: That one might have been... Oh, by the way, you guys can meet WWE Superstar Batista at Wizard World. Hey, hey Jeff. Hmm? When was the last time WWE Superstar Batista was in WWE?
2: Uh two years ago at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, or no is,
1: the, Well it was a, it was right after WrestleMania 30, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how is he uh is is this like The Rock is still WWE Superstar The Rock?
2: Are you reading an advertisement right now where they're advertising him as as this is w- the
1: WWE website? They are advertising a Sunday appearance in January um in New Orleans for WWE superstar Batista.
2: Well, I wonder if they're the ones that he's going on behalf of, because usually he would just go on behalf of I mean, his agent would sign him up and or, or is WWE just kind of trying to glom off of? Because, because God knows if you advertise him as Guardians of the Galaxies, Dave Batista, you're gonna get a lot more people that way than WWE's Batista. So maybe WWE's just trying to ride coattails here.
1: Yeah, sure they'll ride the coattails of Dave Batista, but they want nothing to do with Benoit. Wow! I can't See, that was that. like that should have been the ending to the show, but we have more to talk about.
2: Yeah, I know. That's why Excuse I didn't. Yourself. That's why I did leave it the toilet. I'm like, don't. Aren't we doing our top 100 match? Because I him. advertised it. Oh yeah, Match
1: number 12. You, the top no, 100.
2: you played Rock. yourself to use 80s rap. I,
1: I know. What are you gonna do? I know. The Rock, Steve Austin, the most famous WrestleMania main event ever. No. Okay, not even close. I started to say it, and I was like, I should probably not say this because it's going to be wrong. Which is what uh. I do. Um, one of the most famous angles though at a WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, and thus it's an angle rather than one of the best
1: WrestleManias of all time. Steve Austin, The Rock. Steve Austin went in as the challenger to the Rock's WWF Championship. He would walk out as the corporate champion, siding with Vince McMahon. It Mm was one of those uh, one of those crazy angles. It was it was copied, you know, two years or one year later with Eric Bischoff and Goldberg. Um, Not done nearly as well. Uh, but yeah, this, this match, we were watching the pay-per-view live at the time. I was watching it with my brother. Uh, very good show. It was a long show. This is, this is when, you know, WrestleManias were three hours long And, and this one just felt like a super long show, uh, really fun, but it really did feel like a long show at the time. And I was a kid. Maybe I was just bored. I don't know. Uh, the rock and Steve Austin though, this match was crazy. It was the second of the WrestleMania matches. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, am I, am I wrong there? Was it the third or no, it was the second. No, no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Tell me what. Tell me if I'm right.
2: I think you're right.
1: I am because WrestleMania 16, 15 or 16, whatever. Had to be 15 because I don't think.
2: Yeah, near do I? Not off. You're
1: you're supposed to be the history man. (laughs) Anyway, it's not so much the match. You're right. It is the angle. Uh, It is the angle of Steve Austin turning. And joining Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon helping Steve Austin. This match was changed to a no-DQ match, a no-DQ match, I believe, the night of the show. So you started to wonder, like, what's happening here? What's going on? Why would Vince McMahon, who in theory was on the rock side and against Austin, why would he make this a no-DQ match? And we would later find out he was helping Steve, and Austin became the corporate champion. It did not last super long, but it did Bridge us into one of the most entertaining summers in WWE history, because Steve Austin became he was the he was the badass corporate heel now with Steve Austin, uh, or with Vince. Triple H goes down to injury. The ECW and WCW invasion happens, and all of a sudden, Steve Austin is the schizophrenic, sometimes having fun, sometimes badass, sometimes babyface, sometimes heel. A uh, really crazy summer for Steve Austin's character. He would end the summer as a babyface, but it was one of the most entertaining summers, and it all started here at WrestleMania, a week after the WCW sale. 2001, one of the best years of television in wrestling history.
2: Is this when Kurt Angle starts pretending he's a cowboy, too? After yeah. Well, then?
1: yeah, once the invasion starts, he and he's having the match with Benoit at WrestleMania, Right. And it's it's a super great match and he's super Love serious it. Kurt Angle and then he goes into comedic and he, and that's what made it great. Kurt Angle one of the big things that made him a star was the fact that he was on the same level as Steve Austin the entire year.
2: <laughs> yeah, when he was doing comedy and things it, like
1: that, it didn't I matter if he was still on yeah. that level. You saw Steve Austin oh, no. on one side, you saw Kurt Angle on the other.
2: Yeah. I agree. I found it interesting because I, I watched the promo pack before the match. I had forgotten that Deborah was the conduit for this angle, because Vince made Deborah her man, uh, the Rock's manager, in during like a triple threat match with Angle, Austin, and The Rock, and then she ends up getting put in an ankle lock by Kurt, Kurt Angle at some point. Or no, no, it wasn't. It was it was Rock and, and Angle were having a match. And Austin said, if anything happens to my wife, I'm blaming you. And so then he goes off and starts attacking Rock. Uh, this is one of my favorite commentary teams, not my most favorite, but I, loved the, I always loved the Paulie-Jim Ross dynamic, even though Jim Ross obviously cannot stand working with Paulie at the time because he misses Jerry Lawler so much, who has quit the company due to... Uh, due to them firing his his, his very, very young wife, um, the cat. So, so the Lawler's off on sabbatical. Uh, as a match, you know, it, it's your usual Steve Austin rock main event style match where it starts off very hot, then turns into a brawl, and then it turns into kicking out of finishers. Uh, what is, when they made it a no DQ match, of course, this is when nitpicky Jeff goes in What are, what are two of my main nitpicks in a no DQ match rope breaks and the referee getting in the damn way. It was like watching and going to my other love. Let me ask you this, Rob, when you were a referee, Mm -hmm. how much were you trying to scene steal from two wrestlers having a, a, a blood feud in a, in a no holds barred match?
1: There were, I will be honest, there were times where I wanted to, where I wanted to be like, oh, I this is this could be funny. I want to get some heat on me or whatever. But no, never. You stay out of the way.
2: Yes, Earl Hebner was just drawing focus. And the only corollary, since I'm an improv guy, is watching like a a bunch of young improvisers and two guys are having a really connected scene. And then the third guy, some third person just decides they're gonna walk in and get in on this because the crowd's really enjoying it. I mean, Earl Hebner was was trying to stop it, Rock. No, put that down. No, go back in the ring. No, this, that, the, you know, it's like it's a no-dQ match. Stay out of the way until you have to count. And then, of course, rope breaks And, hey, no DQ match. Grr! logical <laughs> jeff hates that logical jeff just it just takes me out of the match because they're like reminding me it's no dq oh right. he has a sharpshooter on he gets to the ropes at least steve austin had the nerve to, to flip off Dave he- or earl yeah. hepner when he tried to break it but at the same time it's like he doesn't have to break it he doesn't have to break it why Why? but uh i liked the bloodbath i thought it was a it's a fun match the angle to me i you know i wasn't big on mcmahon anyway so but it was, it was what it was. I thought Jim Ross's histrionics to put the button on it were a bit much. Where, where Austin's made a deal with Satan himself? Why Austin? Why? i like, oh my God, you're laying it on a bit thick here, Jr. And of course, Paul e is just kind of going, well, he did it anyways. Can't stop it now. Just kind of trolling, Jim Ross at the same time. I, I I love that that pairing. Um, it's a good match. It's not my favorite match but i understand why it's ranked so high it's a moment and of course vince mcmahon is heavily involved and it's his shining time so of course it's gonna be ranked fairly high
1: yeah it was fairly important too it led like yeah. i said it led to a very important year in wwe it mm-hmm. was the second of the steve austin rock trilogy it was the main event of the most at the time most successful wrestlemania ever and still one of the best wrestlemanias ever um I, i'm honestly surprised it's lower than it should have been. I'm
2: very I, I shocked by that 10, as well. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think top ten for the for the two le- for the level of the two names that you have on that list, I would think Rock and Steve Austin would be a little bit higher. It is the highest ranked of the matches uh, in the Rock and Steve Austin's WrestleMania series. Next week will be match number eleven on the countdown. Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat from the Shy Town Rumble. Uh, <laughs> so now you can watch this correctly, Jeff.
2: Yes. Now we have to watch both matches again. Yes, we did. And do that. And I'm going to do something else. Uh, there's a Ric Flair podcast episode that he kind of did the same thing with the Rumble, where he sits down and he watches the Chi Town Rumble match and kind of gives running commentary at the same time. I'm going to listen to that as well to see if there's any nuggets in there. But yeah, looking forward to both these. Hell, I may actually watch the third one as well <laughs> while well, I'm at it. But yeah, I love these two matches. I can't wait to talk
1: about them. Sure, WWE will ride Batista's coattails, but they want nothing to do with Benoit.
0: Here it comes again